you to pray much about it if you would please. I'm glad I'm saved today. I think Barry's been reading my mail because honestly every song he sung or led this morning is in direct proportion to the scriptures this morning that I want to preach from. God laid on my heart something. I like to sing to myself. Uh, I know the birds stop and the dogs start barking and everything else, but I, I do. I like to go around whistling and singing to myself all the time, and I enjoy it. But uh, I want to show you something this morning. I believe you'll get a thrill out of or a blessing from. And if you'll turn with me to Luke, a very familiar portion of Scripture, I want to use it as a starting place, if I can, please. In Luke chapter 15, in verse 11. And he said a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there he arose. There arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants from my father's house, or father's house, bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto his father, I have sinned against heaven in, in, in thy sight, and I am no worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they begin to be merry. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, it's with great joy that we come this morning just to present thy gospel as best we know how, and we can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we ask you for that today so that people can hear directly from you and not from us. And we pray, dear God, you'll open eyes and ears to thy truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now, I'm just sick and tired of the music of today. Amen. I like to see someone come along today and write some good old songs uh, music to tell the story of Jesus and salvation like some of the old time gospel songs with the music that can put to you can 
pull at your heartstrings. Did you ever listen to the words of the songs we sing here in this church? I, when we are singing, I listen to the words. And I want to take one of those songs this morning, uh, the old song. Music was written by Charles G. Gable. Words were written by R.H. McDaniel. Since Jesus came in to my heart. There are five stanzas in this great song. And it's a gospel song. Now you think about this for just a minute. All so-called gospel songs are not gospel songs. Because gospel songs has a gospel story in it. Now, I'm in the gospel song, since Jesus came into my heart, there are five wonderful truths about our salvation given in it. Notice the first stanza. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. Number one, the wonderful change that came in salvation. It's a marvelous thing to be saved. Amen? The person who has trusted Christ is now born again. According to John 3, verse 3, that's what Jesus told Nicodemus. In 1 Peter 1, 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which uh, liveth and abideth forever. A person actually becomes partaker of the divine nature, according to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. So the Christian can say, we have now received the atonement, Romans chapter 5, verse 11. It is true, we still have the old nature. The flesh, the lust is against the spirit, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. And the spirit against the flesh. In other words, we have a battle going on in our bodies all day long, since we, although we are saved. It is true that the whole creation groaneth together waiting for the adoption to win the redemption of our body. Romans chapter 8 verse 23. But thank God, the fact is that the ones that are born again of God is eternal and that is real personal salvation. 1 John 5 verse 8. Whatsoever is born of God sinneth not. That's the new nature in us, not the old man. The old man is still there. The old body is constantly tempted. But the new man is born of God. Now, still the old body and old interests and temptations come. But thank God the born again can sing what a wonderful change in my life has been brought. And I believe this with all my soul. If there's not been a change in you since you got saved, you never got saved. Because when the Holy Spirit comes in, brother, He makes a change in you. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen? Number So one, the first standard, what a wonderful change that came in salvation. Number two, the lost sheep is found, not going astray anymore. The second stanza says, I have ceased from my wandering and going astray since Jesus came into my heart. And my sins, which were many, are all washed away since Jesus came into my heart. Now, note please, the Bible makes it plain. David fell into gross sin. In Psalm 51 tells us this same David was a man after God's own heart. David, what happened to you since your sin? My heart has been changed. 
A saved person has a new heart. His motives, his love has been changed since Jesus came in to his heart. I don't want to go to the same old places I wish you. I don't want to be the same old person I used to be. Amen? Since Jesus came in my heart, there's been a change in me. And I believe that happens to every person. I had a person tell me one time, I was telling him about being saved by the grace of God. He said, if I believe that, I'd get saved and then go out and live like the devil and do what I want to do. I said, I do. Amen? <laughs> the difference is I don't want to do the things I used to do. I want to do new, new things for Christ Jesus. The lost sheep is found not going astray, a lost sinner anymore. Now, we can sing, God has blotted them out. I'm happy and glad and free. God has blotted them out. I'll turn to Isaiah and see. Chapters 44, 22 and 3. He's blotted them out. And now I can shout, for that means me. Amen. We can sing also, rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. Every burden of my heart is rolled away. Every sin has to go. Reality is crimson flow. Rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. When I used to have the primary department, first, second, third grade, little boys and girls, we used to sing that all the time. Rolled away and rolled away. Amen. And I think about my sins all the time. I praise God they're gone. Amen. And like the old song says, because the lost sheep is found, I'll not go that way anymore. The third stanza go, a sure hope of heaven is given us in this song. The third stanza goes, I'm possessed of a hope that is steadfast and sure since Jesus came into my heart. No dark clouds of doubt now my pathway obscure since Jesus came into my heart. It's a wonderful thing to know for sure you're going to heaven, amen? And nothing can keep you from going there. I remember when I first got, uh, got that assurance. I read verses like John 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. And I said to myself, I believe that. Amen? So I know I'll have everlasting life. He that believeth on the Son, I believe on Him. So I know I have eternal life. Because the Bible says so. Verses like John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believe, heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come to condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Thank God I heard God's word. I believe what God said of His Son. And thank God a Christian can have the assurance. In 1 Timothy 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. I sure have a, a hope that is steadfast and sure since Jesus came into my heart. I can now say with Paul in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep me against that day. Amen. I know in whom I have believed. As the old song goes, now I have a hope that is steadfast and sure after the passing of time. I have a future in heaven for sure. There in those mansions of line. I have a sure hope of heaven. Why? Because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. 
On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sun. Did you ever notice how the devil comes around to you and do the least little thing wrong and he wants to put doubts in your mind and fears in your mind that you're not going to heaven because you've done one little thing wrong? I think God that every sin I ever have committed and ever will commit is under the blood. Amen? On Christ the solid rock I stand. Not on my works, not on something I do or don't do. I stand on the Lord Jesus Christ. A sure hope of heaven. Fourthly, the valley of death now has no terrors for me. I remember before I got saved, man, I would lay down on my bed at night and worry about if I would die in the middle of the night where I'd spend eternity. I don't do that anymore, amen? I know where I'm going. The fourth standard goes, There's a light in the valley of death now for me since Jesus came into my heart. And the gates of the city beyond I can see since Jesus came in to my heart. The psalmist said in Psalm 23 and verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I thought about this a great deal. I'm not scared of death. Not one bit. And I think about this a great deal. How I'm going to die, I know I'm going to die one day, and I know everybody in this room is going to die. And one day, if Jesus don't come back soon, I pray that I'll still be alive when He comes back. But I do know this. I'm not worried about it. If I lay my head down on the pillow tonight and don't wake up, I know I'm going to heaven. Amen? You know why? Because the Bible says so. Since I'm saved, born again, I can say with Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55 through verse 8. <laughs> verse 58. O death, where is thy sting? By the way, to a lost person, death has a sting to it. I've been with unsaved people when they die. And brother, they have a sting of death in that last day, in the last minute. But I've been with a many a saved person and I've never seen that happen to them. They go right from this world into the other. And this is what the Bible says to every Christian. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is law. But thanks be to God, <coughs> which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. D.L. Moody said on his deathbed, this is my coronation day. I've got a lot of kin people and friends already in heaven. Many I've preached funerals for. So I can sing the old song. I will not be a stranger when I get to that city. I'm acquainted with folks over there. So I can gladly sing, there's a light in the valley of death now for me since Jesus came into my heart. And the gates of the city beyond I can see since Jesus came into my heart. You know, every once in a while I sit around reading the Bible and I, a, a, a person asked me the other day, they was trying to teach their little child, some, they, some part of their family had died and uh, their little uh I think a five or six year old child wanted to know what heaven would be like. And they, they asked me, Preacher, can you explain what heaven looks like? I said, I wish I could. I wish I had words. But I find 
that the human vocabulary can't describe him. The beauty of it. God used beautiful things to describe it for us, though. Things that we can understand. And I said, the best thing you can tell your child about heaven is the streets are transparent gold. The gates are gates of pearl. The walls are like jasper. Beautiful. Cannot words, human words can't describe what heaven's going to be like. And every once in a while I'll be reading the Bible and thinking about one of these days I'm going there and I want to see what it's like. Do you ever make a uh, go on a vacation or a hunting trip or a fishing trip or, or something you're all excited about going? And uh, one year, I remember the first time I ever went out west hunting. I got me a book on elk hunting and mule deer hunting, and I wanted to know their habitat. I wanted to know where to hunt them. I want to know what it was like. And and I got in touch with me a guide out there in Montana. And uh, he told me what kind of shoes to wear, what kind of clothes to wear, and to be ready for it because you're coming out of Florida in the sunshine and you're going to be for a shock because it's going to be snow and ice up here. And I, I got in books and I read everything I could get. I got me maps of where I'm going to be hunting and high tide and how much uh, it's going to affect my breathing. And so I got me some boots and I put them on and I'd run two miles every day when I was younger. And I would run two miles every day trying to get my legs in shape. And I never will forget the first time I run the first two miles. I got on the phone and called my wife, come get me. I can't get back home. But I got prepared. I got excited about going. Why? Because I pictured in my mind what it was going to be like. I could see those mountains covered with snow. And I could see those deer and I could see those elk. And I could see everything in my mind what it was going to be like. And I got so excited about it that I couldn't hardly stand it because I'd never seen anything like that. And I never will forget the first sight that I got to see of the great Rocky Mountains. And them covered in snow. What a thrill. But I'd already seen it in my mind. I'd already experienced it. And you know what? Every time, every once in a while, I get to reading the Bible, I have to get to thinking about heaven. And I get to thinking about, I'm going there in a little while. I'll be there in a little while. And I try to picture the beauty of it and the majesty of God Himself sitting on His throne. And I'm going to be able to approach it freely only by the grace of God and through the shed blood of His Son. I'm going to be welcome there. And I can say to anybody, any sinner that's on the face of this earth, if you'll come to Jesus, there's a light in the valley of death now for me since Jesus came into my heart. And the gates of the city beyond I can see since Jesus came into my heart. Amen? You can see it too. Lastly, heaven is waiting for us Christians. Stanza number five. The song goes, I shall go there to dwell in that city. I suppose so. I might. Mm -hmm. That's not what the song says, nor does the Bible. I shall go there to dwell in that city. I know. Since Jesus came into my heart. And I'm happy, so happy, as onward I go since Jesus came in to my heart. I think about this. Remember what Jesus said in John 14, verse 2 and 3? 
in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. I've said this as a minute funeral. That one that just passed away has a mansion waiting for them. And you can't have it. I got one too. Amen. You got one too if you're a child of God. And nobody can steal it from you. They can't repossess it. They can't take it away from you. It's waiting just for you. You know, I don't like to go to a place I'm not welcome. You know what? And by the way, I've been in some of them. Amen. But I don't like to go there. I'm going to a place fairly soon that I'm going to be welcome home. That's my home. Revelation 22, verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that is thirst say, Come. And let him that is thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. I sometimes hear call, heaven calling me. I imagine some were there waiting for me. I can almost see those pearly gates and gold streets and the water of life flowing from God's throne. Heaven is real to me. I can truly sing with all the saved born-again believers. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. And I ask one simple question. What about you? Amen. If Jesus has come into your heart, you can sing that song with gladness. You can read through the Bible and find all those things that's taught in that one verse of that song. In those five verses of that song is taught right here in this gospel book, the Bible. That's a gospel song. I listen to some of these rap songs every once in a while. I'll be turning through the, uh, the radio, you know, trying to find something worth hearing. And I'll hear one of them rap songs, and they're cussing and carrying on, and they call that music. That's cussing to me. Amen? That's vulgar to me. That's awfulness to me. But every once in a while, I'll find an old gospel singer on there singing the gospel of the Word of God and a rejoice. And I've had tears to literally come to my eyes thinking about what a wonderful thing it is going to be one day when I see Jesus face to face. The song pulled at my heartstrings. Makes me homesick. I will never forget Brother Nams leaving our church several years ago <clears throat> where we were members. He went to Detroit. And uh, he went there in the summertime. He loves to play golf. And he, he called me and said, they some of the most beautiful golf courses you ever seen up here. You're a pre preacher. You would love it up here. Then it come wintertime. And it got ice everywhere. And he said, I cannot believe. I thought snow was white. And he said, this is the dirtiest mess up here I've ever seen in my life. You can't even see the greens on the golf courses. So I sent him some black golf balls. Trying to help him. And one day I call, I, he called me and he said, I just want to hear your voice. He said, your voice is like a sweet drink of water. And I thought to myself, he's homesick. He's homesick. He's missing this greenery down here. He's missing this sweet sunshine. He's missing his friends. Amen. 
Do you know that's why I get here once in a while? I get homesick. I got a lot of friends already there. And the beauty of it, all this mess down here on this earth, the vileness of it, and the wickedness of it. Man, I've been seeing things on TV I cannot believe human beings are due to other human beings. But they will. But thanks God, one of these days I'm going to be out of the presence of it. I'm going to be out of somebody present with the Lord. And it all goes back to one thing. What have you done with Jesus? If you took Him as your personal Savior, if He's your Savior, and He's your Lord, you're going to be welcome home one day. Amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, would You bless us as Your people. And as we sing these great songs and rejoice around the throne of God, thinking about where we're going one day, what a joy that You bring in our hearts. And that great expectation of seeing You face to face. We thank You for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's sing something, please. Turn to page 100, please. Page 100. Amen. What a beautiful song. Listen to it. Everybody sing this, please. I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's a people would get back to the importance of coming to church. Now I know that right now I'm reaching more people than I've ever reached in my life preaching on the YouTube that Brother Chuck has got going and getting the gospel message out all over the world. In fact, and Mary has put me on that podcast and reaching people. I thank God for that. Amen. I mean it. And you can't believe how many people... It is, it is, the gospel is reaching because of it. But you know what? There's nothing like personally being in the house of God, fellowshipping with other Christians in the house of God. And we need to encourage one another. I, I, people tickled me. Uh, Mrs. Harden, I went to visit her this week. She said, wait a minute, I got some tithe I want to give you. I got some money I want to give you. I went to Brother Childers, called him on the phone, and uh, before I hung up, he said, I got some money now, I got to get to you now, preacher. And uh, about four different people that I got in touch with this week said, Now we got to get our tithe to you, got to get our money. I'm not a money grabber. I don't come to see you and pray for you and give you money to me all the time. I just want to see you, amen? And that's the way I want people to come to church. I want people just to come to fellowship. And we miss it. I miss one another. That's what church is about. Amen? So encourage somebody. If you know somebody is not coming to church regularly, call them. Encourage them. They need that. And we need that. Let's pray. Father, go with us on our way home. Watch over and keep us. Thank you for the very privilege of being with your people in this place. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.